Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. The August 2022 LastPass breach just keeps getting worse and worse. It turns out that a developer with literal keys to the kingdom was hacked on his home computer, which ultimately led to a series of unfortunate events. The U.S. House Foreign Affairs Committee voted to give President Biden the power to ban TikTok, but civil liberties and digital rights groups argue that such a ban would violate users' First Amendment rights. TikTok is implementing 60 minutes of screen time on all teens' accounts by default, but we aren't sure that this measure will do much to curb time spent on platform. And bias and racial inequality shows up in ed tech just like it does in technology in general. We've got all this and more for you in episode 73 of The Tech John. From Columbus, Ohio, I'm your host, Rob Dunwood. And out of Atlanta, this is Terrence Gaines, a.k.a. Brother Tech, a.k.a. Uh, wouldn't want to be Will Smith right about now? <laughs> so, uh, so let's uh, state the obvious. We are two this week, not three. Uh, so you just got the fellas holding down the Tech John for the week of March 6th. But yeah, man, did you watch it? I did. I watched it. So I did watch it. Now, interesting. I think I mentioned this on the show last year. My wife and I went to see Chris Rock. I want to say it was his second show after the Oscars last year. Mm-hmm. It was it, it was around this time last year. Mm-hmm. So I've seen the set. But it was the last, I guess, eight, nine minutes when he when he basically let the world know what he feels about Jada and Will. Uh, we can talk about it later in the after party because yeah. I've got some uh, some. Um, I'm not disappointed in the uh, show, um, but uh, I think he kind of glanced. Uh, um, what's the word? You go over something. Glossed over. Yeah, he glossed over some important stuff uh, that could have provided context. Uh, from his point of view, you know, I think, you know, but we'll, like you said, we'll talk about it in the after party for our Patreon supporters. Oh, that's a good lead in. So I might as well let folks know how they can become a Patreon supporter. So we are on Patreon. If you head over to patreon.com for size tech, John, you will find multiple tiers over there where if you'd like to support the tech, John, you can do so. And one of the benefits you get for being a patron is the ability to watch us live stream the show and then hang out with us afterwards. So if you're interested in doing that and at all supporting the show, head over to patreon.com forward slash the tech John. That is forward slash the tech J A W N. So let, let's get into this, this first story, Terrence. This is a tech story that seems like it will just not stop. It is, it is last pass. And 
this is, I don't want to say it's like one of the worst breaches in history because that, that is, let's just say this one is, is, is very, very, very bad. This breach that they went through last August seems like every couple months, something new just comes out. And for me, for one, I have said on, you know, on numerous occasions, I was getting off a of last pass. And what happened, and I imagine this happened to a lot of folks, is that I started getting off and then it started getting difficult, started getting harder. There's things that I'm just going to leave this here for right now. And I'll eventually get it off to the point to where it's now out of sight, out of mind. And I personally am using Bitwarden and LastPass simultaneously. But this this last one is making me say... (laughs) It might be time to for real drop these folks all the way to tell the folks who don't know what we're talking about here is that LastPass engineers home PC got hacked. So they were able to get access to so much because of what they were able to get off of one of four people's home computer. So what has me sitting here thinking is like, how can you be a security company and allow that kind of stuff to happen off somebody's home PC? Well, so my guess without any sort of empirical evidence or knowledge it happens a lot in my in my in my suspension suspicion or assumption is it happens a lot and this has it has happened to this level before mm-hmm. at other companies the problem is it's 2023 and it's all about um transparency and last pass started down the road of letting people know specifically what was going on. So as a result, they can't stop. <laughs> they, they, like I said, the, the story that I'm reaching, uh, talking about and came from Gizmodo. They kind of chronicalize, you know, all the things that have happened and all of the communications that LastPass has shared with customers via customer email or via their blog or whatever the case may be. So it's like they they started and said, oh, you know, this happened because we're worried. But we want to make sure that we let the users know that your information is secure, your information is secure. And then they kept giving out more details, more details. But we want to let you know, are your information secure? Nobody got this, that, and third. And they, they got to keep going. So they can't stop. It, it, they could stop, which is what other companies have done. They've just not gave any information this detailed as to what happened, you know, companies will say, oh, we got hacked. We're monitoring the situation. We can assure you that no information, customer's information was leaked. And that's where they stop. LastPass was like, all right, well, we got to make sure that we let the users know that we care about your data, but also we're not going to lie to you. We're not going to hide anything. So here's all the information. And too much information can be a bad thing to where now they've pretty much, like you mentioned, I'll just read this quote uh, from Gizmodo. It says, according to a press release published Monday, the initial August data breach allowed cyber criminal in question to hack into the home computer of LastPass most privileged employees, senior DevOps engineer, and one of only four employees with access to decryption keys that could unlock the platform shared cloud environment. The hacker subsequently laced the engineers with a keylogger. Again, this is not nothing new. I'm pretty Mm -hmm. sure this happens all the time to where somebody's personal computer gets hacked. They put a keylogger on there and they wait for the for the person to get in and log in using their credential information. And we got you. I don't this is not something new 
that has happened just to last pass and created just for the sake of getting in the last pass. This type of, I mean, of course, I'm not a hacker, so, you know, I, I don't know how to do this, but this sounds like something that happens all the time. It just so happens to happen to LastPass. And again, LastPass shared all their information or chronicalized all of the uh, details as it relates to this breach. And they, they had to keep going because they kept telling people, all right, we, we want to make sure we stay transparent, yada, yada, yada. So this is where too much information became a bad thing. So basically, again, um, um, once they entered the information, it allowed them to steal the last pass master keyword using the password. The cyber criminal managed to break into the engineer's password vault and um, taking necessary decryption keys for engineer cloud proceeded to penetrate LastPass, shared Catacot, which they were able to then actually steal the actual data. So I think it's just it just so happens that LastPass got caught uh, with this. But I don't think this is new. And I don't I think I'm pretty sure this happened before. It just so happened that LastPass decided we're going to be transparent and they gave out all the details, which, again, I was the type of person that's like, oh, well, I trust that my my security on LastPass, you know, I use their um, authentic their two factor authenticator app to log into LastPass. I got a uh, complex passphrase. I should be good. But I think that the fact that LastPass has shared this information, it's almost like I just need to leave just for general principle. <laughs> it's the principalities. The principalities about it. So, so yeah. So, so you say it's like they, they've given too much information. And I think one of the problems that a lot of people have is that they weren't as forthcoming with the information as they probably should have been. I have to wonder if back in August, um, or let's, let's say sometime in September, if last pass would have came out and said, we were breached. It is bad as you think it is and maybe even worse. Here's what you need to do. Go so re-encrypt all of this ahead of time. Um, I'm you, thinking you, my understanding was they after it, they kept investigating, kept investigating, kept investigating, kept highlighting, um, um, informing people what was going on. Now they're getting down to, oh, that's how they got in. Well, I guess we, we can't not tell them because we told them all this stuff ahead of time beforehand. Previous to this, we told them everything. Now we got to keep going. That's the impression I was. Now, if you're telling me that you think LastPass knew exactly how they were hacked or breached back in August, then that's a totally different conversation. I, I, I'm not saying that. I'm saying that when they came out and with their initial assessment, and they, they, I'm paraphrasing here, but LastPass made it seem like, oh no, you're 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 pretty much good. You, mm-hmm. you, you you're straight. You know. You know, create a new password, new, new master account password just to be safe. But everybody's good. And then it's like, oh, no, you're not quite as good as we thought you were. You need to do these things. And then it's like, oh, no, they have everything. And then it's like, oh, no, they have everything. And here is how they got it. If this is all new information, then the way the chips are falling, the way the cards are falling are just bad luck for LastPass. So I think part of this, too, is the fact that they are a company. The, I mean, it's it's in the name of the company, you know, or the name of the mm-hmm. product, LastPass. It's like th- this yeah. is this is a security company. So when you start to look at a security company, and as you're saying, this could happen to I don't want to say it can happen to anyone, but it could happen to many people. It it absolutely could. But when you start to see, you are a security company, 
And they were able to get this because they basically pwned your, you know, one of four people's home computer that has access to everything. And it's like, well, we know when you are dealing with someone who has access to anything, you need to darn near be an air gap computer when you're dealing with that vault. How can somebody get this by getting into your home password? Now, what it is, they're, they're, this, the information wasn't on the home computer. It was they put a key logger in there. So when they're using the home computer and they see you typing in your last pass password, now they've got that based off everything else that they've already got. So they can go in and they can start looking at that. So I, I understand it. This is, yeah, they got got and it's bad. But it's just the fact that, and this is just, you know, a circumstance for that LastPass is going through your security company. And from what it looks like to the layperson, as you, as you completely fell down on this. So, so, so what do we do? Because, because here's the thing. I'm not regular people when it comes to my level of security and passwords and two-factor authentication. I think that I'm a little extra as probably many listeners of our show are. My question, and this is actually something that came up on our discord earlier today or yesterday. I can't remember when about this story. And it was, you know, well, how do I get my seven? You know, you know, one of our uh, listeners says, how do I get my 73 year old mother to switch off of this? Because I understand what it is like to get someone on last pass. It took, it, it literally took me a year and a half. You really should use a password vault. You really should use a password vault for my, for my parents. And for me to go to try to switch them to something else, I really have to think about is doing that going to be better to just get them off last pass on something else than to just leave them there and to make sure that they change their password. I, I really have to, you know, walk through that because my thought is that they was fine using, you know, you know, PA at at, you know, <laughs> your, you know dollar sign, dollar sign, W zero RD, um, you know, point. exactly as their password before. They would be absolutely fine to going back to that. They just don't think about this or care that much. So is it is it worth switching off for regular folks? Is it worth uh, trying to get them to use one password? Is it trying? Is it worth trying to get them to use Bitwarden? I don't know what, what the answer to that on- question is. It, it depends on how you feel about how LastPass handled this situation, right? Um, if you feel like they were being super transparent or as transparent as they could be, and as soon as they got new information, they passed it along to the customers, along with reassurance and tips and tricks how to, you know, um, further uh, lock down your account. If you feel that way, then you're like, hey, Things happen. It just so happened to happen to LastPass. It's messed up because it's LastPass, because of the information that they have. But hey, it could happen to anyone. It just so happened to happen to LastPass. Then you probably say, eh, you know, uh, maybe it's not worth the effort to change yourself or change your fans, friendly and fa- uh, friends and family who may not be as tech savvy. If you're of the mind that uh, LastPass was kind of, I think they knew about the breach and we think we want to believe that they are being transparent, but when in actuality, they was trying to just gap out 
the information so people will forget about it. Right. To where by the time you hear about this, you forget about all the other things that happened prior to that. And now they just, you know, they were just trying to seek cover the ass, basically. Yes. Yeah, and nah, nah, I can't, I can't rock with them. And it may be worth it. You know, I don't, again, I may switch just out of principle because it's like, yo, <laughs> it's just too much too often happening with LastPass for me to be in good faith continue to use this now luckily i haven't tried to convince family members and things like that because i know what time it is with yeah. my family <laughs> uh plus um specifically for my intermediate family that lives in this house um my kids i really haven't even introduced them to last pass they've been using um apple keychain and i use similar to how you lose you use bitwarden and LastPass simultaneously I use Apple Keychain and LastPass simultaneously. Anything that I log in on a regular basis, I'll create an account in in a password, username, password in Apple Keychain, and then let let LastPass recognize. Oh, you created a new account. Do you want to add this to LastPass? I'm like, sure. But I'm using Keychain as okay. the main login and LastPass, almost like a backup. And mm-hmm. then I use LastPass, which is why it's so dope which is so sad is because LastPass keeps more than just usernames and passwords, yeah. right? Notes. You can keep driver's license, keep social security card, all that information. Wi-Fi, yeah. you know, like I said, all my, anytime I go to a family member's house to fix their computer, set up their Wi-Fi, create an account, I put that in LastPass because I know they're going to call me back. You know. And you I know, know. they're going to hit me back. So it's like, well, let me save it in LastPass now. I don't have that stuff in Apple Keychain. I use my personal stuff. But anybody else, my in-laws, my aunts, my parents, all that stuff is in LastPass. And it's like, dang, man, now I got to switch all that to something else? I have not lived at home with my folks since 1990. My father last week called me up to ask me what his Wi-Fi password was. Mm-hmm. Yep. Not because I set it up. Just because he knows that I know it. Yep. Email it is, addresses for my folks. Yeah. Cash app, because they're always like, well, how do I do the cash app? I'm like, move. Let me log in remotely. Now, here's the new password. And I save that in LastPass and let them log in and wait until they call me again because they forgot the password again. Right. So, um, which makes, again, that's what makes LastPass so, um, useful is because you can use it for more than just usernames and passwords. Like I said, mm-hmm. I've got, birth certificates in there i've got social security cards in there i've got passports driver's license in there and it's like this is just too much <laughs> for me to 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 throw this in jeopardy and just off a of principle i may have to move to one password or dash lane don't a okay. popular one for apple uh i, I, I said don't I, use I, that one yeah I, I i security people that i know and trust and you know don't, don't one of that. them as well do not use that one so I, I so just leave that I mean, there because I can't tell you why. I just there's somebody that I trust. This is I, if anything, just don't use this. <laughs> it's fair enough. what I've been told. So what I'm so what I may have to do is use uh keychain for my passwords and then set up some secure notes in the Apple Notes app and use that as a place to store scan documents important information, things like that, that I don't necessarily need a username and a password for put that stuff there because I don't like 
um, using a bunch of different things. That's why I like Apple. They lock you in the ecosystem. The bad thing is Apple locks you in the ecosystem. The good thing is it's a dope ecosystem. Dope ecosystem. (laughs) So, so, so here's the, here's the thing. So number one, um, I want to be very clear on this because I have for years been a big recommender of LastPass. I am no longer recommending password. I'm, I'm no longer recommending LastPass to anyone. If you need a password vault, there are many out there, but LastPass is not one that I'm actually saying, yeah, go check this one out. It's, it's just been too much. That being said, um, and, and this is something that I saw someone who was like, this is why I'm not getting off of them. This was a breach. It, you know, we've just heard about it five or six times, but it's the same breach. It's not like they've had five or six breaches and that's they've how people stuff in the past. Yeah. They, they, yeah. They, um, they, they had, but this one, the, you know, the, this particular one ongoing story is, is yeah. just an ongoing. It's, they, he called it the never ending story. Actually, it's like, right, it just, right. it's like, it just, it just keeps going and going and going. And it's like, so if you just, if they would have came out and said, so yeah, we, we were, uh, we were breached. It's horrible. It's probably worse than you think. Here's what you need to do to right. rectify the situation. Saying it is as bad as you possibly think it can be. You need to go out and, and mitigate by doing this, by doing that, by doing this, by doing that. That would have been worse than, no, nah, it wasn't that bad. Nah, it's a little worse than we thought. It's pretty bad. It's, little, it's as now, bad as you possibly yeah. can think. Right. Oh, wow. We were doing some really stupid stuff that allowed this to happen in the first place. When you, when you keep getting it like that, you're getting all these cuts, but it's still the same level right. of, uh, of breach that happened all the way back in August. So that being said, you should be doing something with your, your, your passwords. Password vaults are generally a good way to go. So I recommend password vaults. I'm just not giving any recommendation on any individual tool because the one that I rocked with, I don't know that I'm rocking with anymore. And I haven't really made my mind up on an alternative, but they are all better than not using one. Um, and I've been keeping this last fast stuff to myself. I just sent my wife a text message of this story. That uh, we're talking about now, I know for a fact she's gonna make me move. <laughs> That's the <absolute laughs> reason why I don't tell her nothing because if, by the time I tell her, it's pretty bad or it's pretty important. So me sending her this text message, I got some work cut out for me for the next <laughs> couple of weeks. <laughs> right. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So on this next story, Terrence, um, I'm just going to read a little bit here. So the U.S. House Foreign Affairs Committee voted to give President Joe Biden the power to ban TikTok. We have been talking about and asking the question for a while. Are we going to ban TikTok? Uh, you know, like it's already being banned at the at the federal level. State and local governments are starting to doing it. You're starting to see schools doing it. A lot of companies are doing it. But are you going to see the government come and say, hey, nobody have TikTok in the U.S.? Kind of like what, you know, um, they have done. I believe India is a country, you know, that has completely banned it. So this is one of those things to where it was pretty much on party lines. The vote was approved 16 to 24 and it took place last Wednesday. But resistance to TikTok being banned at this level is, you know, floating around Washington. So civil liberties and digital rights groups argue that such a ban would violate users' rights to express themselves online and distract from the broader, broader debates about data privacy. So the question is, is it something that we should do because we don't want China and our stuff like that? Or is it something that you have to allow individuals that if they choose to have China potentially Still all their data or, 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 or use, you know, you use that app and they can get all the access to all your data. This in that app. That's your first amendment, right? What do you think? Um, surprisingly, I think, I believe that the government should take some actions against TikTok. And the reason why I'm saying this is because. I am of my model that I live by is uh never ask something of somebody that you're not willing to do yourself. Right. The reverse of that is put yourself in that situation. What would you do if I was China? You better believe I'd be stealing America's information, stealing their data through TikTok, because I know as China, as a government, Looking at America and looking at Americans, we are addicted to social media. We will share just about any and everything because we are, like Chris Rock said in his show, addicted to attention. And we'll put anything out there. And if I'm a government looking to get a get a head start or get a one up on a country that we don't really have a good of a, it's not a copacetic relationship, United States and China. We are like, uh, the dude or the girl at your job that you hate them, but you know, they're on your team. So you got to work together. You know, China puts out a lot of goods. United States puts out a lot of money. And that's like the handshake that China, United States have made. But. That could fall apart at any time for any reason. You know, they're talking about, uh, United States is like China don't get involved in Ukraine and Ukraine and China's kind of like, I don't know. Maybe we should help Russia. We're thinking about it. Right. So all that to say, without getting too political, um, D 
the relationship between the United States and China is on a uh, uh, is is a mutual uh, agreement based off of imports and exports and goods and services. But if worse came to worse, that ain't enough. Right. So all that around the world to say, if I was China, I'd be looking for any information I possibly can to get up on America just in case it go down. Because as, as, how does that phrase go? Uh, stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so if I was the United States and I know that Americans are addicted to social media and they will share any and everything as a government, you really don't want to see it. But sometimes you got to step in and be like, yo, people, I know y'all love TikTok. I know y'all love social media. I know it's your first amendment, right? Yada, yada, yada. But we don't want this information possibly getting into a company, a country's hands that could use it against us. I don't know what that data is. I don't know what that information is. But the government, United States government has to do something because I believe, like I mentioned, there's different forms of TikTok for China viewers versus United States users. And that is for that reason. It's like, all right, China's doing something different than the United States is doing. So we need to keep a wall up just out of precautions. Now, is that going to rub Americans the wrong way? Absolutely. Should it rub Americans the wrong way? Yes, it should. But at the same time, it's like they can't, you can't wait for something to happen to be like, man, five years ago, man, we should have, Done something. We should right. have been did something about TikTok. <laughs> um, so, so here's the thing. ByteDance continually tells us they're not accessing it. They're not accessing it. They're not accessing it. I just don't believe that. Facebook tells us today ain't doing stuff, and it's an American company, you know, based here in America that you know we can create laws and sanctions and things to go after them. That's kind of difficult to do with a company that is not based inside of your border. It's it's based somewhere else. So if the government is for real, for real worried that they're going to take all of this data and they're going to use it to potentially sway elections to, you know, to do stuff like that. Who knows? You, you, it's, you, like who knows? I'm not saying that hasn't happened, hasn't happened before. Um, what's to say that that wouldn't be, you know, that that wouldn't happen again. And TikTok is massive. So a question I asked on another show uh, last week was that is ByteDance going to get to the point to where they're going to say, you know, what, let's go ahead and grab this hundred billion um, from from a Western company, get them the code and just let them run it. And we we had a good run um, License it or something. I don't know um, that that would be ideally what I would want to happen. I would want to sever the ties. uh um I don't know what that looks like, but it, it it's still TikTok to America, but it's something totally different and totally disconnected. And somehow if China wants to hold on, it's like, look, we, we're, we're making paper off of TikTok because, again, Americans will share any and everything. That's a lot of money, a lot of sponsorships, ads, whatever the case may be. America, similar to how. China makes all these phones and ships them over, similar to how they make all these clothes and ships them over. You know, <laughs> sisters are getting your weaves from China. <laughs> similar to how we've made these agreements with China for these other things. There's something that we could do for social media, specifically TikTok, to where China can reap the rewards or get a licensing deal or get some kickbacks or whatever the case may be. We just have the data and they have no access to it because like you mentioned, 
Um, they're saying they don't got it. They're saying they ain't using it. That could be true now. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Here's if the something thing. changes. They are saying flip that switch. <laughs> Bite Dance is saying that the government doesn't have access to the data. That's what they're saying. They, they, the government does not have access to this data. Sure. What happens when the government of China says we want access to that data? Do you think you Bite Dance is going to say no? They are a Chinese <laughs> company and China don't play for, for the, and that's totally because again, if I was China, I'd be like, yo, come up off that data. <laughs> we need it. Come up off of it. And what you going to do if we, right. if you say, do you want to say no to China? I don't think so. So just run that data real quick and, um, don't worry about it. We got it from here. You know, that's what I would do. So I have to believe that China would do the same thing because that's what I would do. <laughs> yeah, I, I know this completely different story. But wh- who is the uh, CEO of uh, Alibaba? Is that is that Jack Ma? Yeah, it was. I don't think he's yeah, the CEO. He got, of yeah, I don't think he is anymore. Yeah. But all I know is that he was pushing back. He was putting his chest out, and then you didn't sure see him was. for like nine months. Sure did. Run it, just just run it. Where, where, where old boy at? Uh-huh. <laughs> we he on vacation. <laughs> Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's, a, it's, yeah, it's, a, it's a big country. We got a lot of land over here. We ain't sure where he's at on it. Mm-hmm. So that 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 is my thing. I understand that Biden dance is saying they do not have access, but when and China totally says, understand. "But we want it," what are you yeah. going to do? You, you're you're based in Beijing. You're going that that they don't even have to tell you that they want it. They just gonna get it. They just and they told- roll a little different than they roll here. And I totally understand people you know who use it who would be upset. If, um, you know, America put some sort of ban on, I don't think that's the answer. I think there's some sort of agreement that could be made to where it can continue to be TikTok. But if push come to shove, I understand that people would be upset if United States just decided to say, nah, not on American devices, not on American computers, not on American IP addresses, not on American servers. Mm-hmm. You know, that would be messed up. That would be, that would be, um, not unprecedented, but it would, it, you could use that as a slippery slope argument to say, well, if they block, ban TikTok, guess what they could ban next, right? And I get it. I totally get it. But again, if I was China, I'd be like, run that. So it's, mm-hmm. you gotta, you gotta think outside of, you know, and I, and I hate to use that, you know, uh, what, how's that phrase go? You give up, uh, freedom for, protection or something like that you don't deserve either if you're, yeah. if you're willing to give up freedom for the sake of safety or something you don't deserve neither right i get it i totally get it but if i was china i'd be like yeah we're gonna get that we're gonna get, <laughs> we're gonna get that data but so what are we gonna do you know we gotta, we gotta prepare for that and this is i know this is not how americans roll but maybe we sh- we should start thinking about some of these things well if you can't use it in in the federal government you can't use it at state and local governments because like some more and more state and local governments are saying not up to this. You're even starting to see schools saying can't have TikTok here. You have a lot of businesses that are saying you can't even install TikTok on our, you know, on our machines. You know, if we, if we give you a phone, it's a phone that we paying for. You can't have TikTok on it. You want to put you, you want to put on your own phone. Good. Just don't connect your own phone up to our network. That's already happening. But. The people are like, nah, I'm good. I still want to see them dance videos. <laughs> and it's like, I know for me, I, I'm not preaching to anybody. I do not have TikTok on my device. I don't watch it. I see quite a bit of TikTok 
videos because I see it come through Facebook and Instagram and, and stuff Twitter like or even on Twitter and stuff. Yeah. Uh-huh. But yeah, I don't actually have TikTok installed on my device just because I'm concerned about it. It's like, you know, isn't that hypocritical? Aren't you concerned about Instagram and, you know, and Facebook and TikTok and this and that and the other? And it's like, I am, but it's not the same concerns. Um, those are American companies that if stuff is going pretty haywire, the government can do something about it. They can't necessarily do anything about what ByteDance has going on in Beijing. So it, it's, it's, Similar, but but it is different. But I don't want to keep on. Let's keep on talking about uh, TikTok because there's some other news in here. And you put this story in Discord earlier today. I did see this one about how TikTok is saying that they're going to start by default limiting teens screen time to 60 minutes. And I want to say you asked the question, do you think this is going to work? And my initial response was, nah, son, (laughs) it's like you know better than that. There's no way this is going to work. Here's why I don't think. This will work on most things because most people who are using TikTok like this, mm-hmm. just because 60 minutes comes up doesn't mean they ain't going to try to figure out a workaround. I think well, that it may work that for deep. younger than 13, which they really shouldn't be on the platform in the first place. But right. 13, 14, 15, 16 year olds, you know, they're, they're not relying on their parents to allow them more screen time. They're getting on them phones when they want to get on them and they're going to figure out how to get past whatever parental controls, you know, might exist as far as what TikTok is pushing out. Well, this is a CYA thing again. TikTok's like, look, we're trying United States government. We're trying. We're, we're trying to protect your kids. We're trying to protect the youth. We're trying to limit the screen time. We're trying to give you options. We're trying to, you know, give you the power to use TikTok as you see fit, but making sure that we have put in guardrails to where if something happened, we, we, we put in the app, we put in the setting, we put in the feature. You can't say that we didn't. So this is one of those, to me, this is one of those, you know, we, we did it. Now, again, according to the story, and I'll just read the whole thing. TikTok users under 18 years of old will have their screen time limit automatically set to 60 minutes. This is to me, I read that as by default. Short-term mm-hmm. video app has said this default screen time will apply to new and existing accounts that have already used this tool. Teens can turn off the setting, but if they do so and spend more than 100 minutes on the app in a day, TikTok will prompt them to set a daily screen time limit. TikTok will also set a 60-minute limit by default for people under the age of 13 years old who use the version of the app meant for younger users. I didn't know there was a a different version of TikTok for younger users. The way I manage my kids is through Apple and they have to ask me permission to download anything before they can download it. Mm-hmm. Second, my kids, my, my oldest wanted to download TikTok. We did the rules. Here's what you can do. Here's what you can't do. I'm, a, I'm following you on, you know, whatever. Give me the passwords, put the passwords in LastPass, which we just had that conversation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now I got to change that around, you know. So and then they were able to use TikTok regular. I didn't know, according to this, who use a version of the app meant for younger users. I didn't even know that there was a younger user version of TikTok. I, I didn't know that there was a younger user version. 
And that is the version that I think that this would work on. If you're talking about like, if you, if you're allowing like eight year old to, you know, be on TikTok with that version, which is crazy, which is kind of nuts in the first place. But if you are doing that, then yeah, because you actually may know more about your six or seven or eight year old about how to like that phone down than they know about how, how to unlock it. Mm-hmm. But. There's no way, like I said, 16, because if you actually create an account, really said how old you were in the account, because that's, that's one of the problems. A lot of, a lot of these young folks that are under the age 18 is like, you know, they, they ain't stupid. <laughs> they it's like, you, you was born in 94. It's like, I'm pretty sure you was born mm-hmm. <laughs> in 2011. Uh, you know, so, it, so, so that's, that's part of it. But there's there's just no way. One of the things that it said is that TikTok said when it tested the default setting that usage of the tools, because they do they, they TikTok is also providing parents tools where you can go and you can set up uh, parent controls. Well, the use of those tools jumped by two hundred and thirty five percent. My question is, did it jump to two hundred thirty five percent because parents were actually in there setting up rules for how their children can use it? Sure. Or is it because you have automatically defaulted to 60 minutes and the children are actually in there using the tools to turn that stuff off? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that was the very first because that that looked an awful lot like a statistic to me when I read that. It's like, hmm. I wonder why that is. Is it because you just by default told everybody or not everybody, everybody under 18 that they have 60 minutes to use this or they got to go do something to make that number go up? To me, that is where that 235 percent is coming from. I don't know that. I'm just making an assumption on that. But I think it's a pretty good one. Yep. So we we shall see again. Like I said, I think is a, you know, uh, cover your ass for TikTok. It's like, look, you gave the parents the tools. It's y'all responsibility. It's not our responsibility because I don't want, you know, as TikTok, I don't want any kids doing anything to themselves or putting us in a position where we're going to be liable. So let's go ahead and push that back on, you know, parents and uh, the kids or whatever. So my name is Bennett <laughs> and I ain't in it. <laughs> All right, Tanish, for this last story we're going to talk about, there was a really interesting article in the Hessinger Report talking about how ed tech or educational technology can worsen racial inequality in schools. And it goes on to say that black and Hispanic students already face inequities when it comes to disciplinary actions, course placement, culturally irrelevant content, flat out racist teachers and administrators. Basically what happens in schools is the same thing that happens in the world. So there are some flat out just racist teachers and folks in schools teaching your children. But it goes on to say that, you know, so schools should be thoughtful with expansion of tech tools in the classroom, not to exacerbate these other forms of discrimination. And like I said, this is, it's, it's a, it's not a long read, but it's a really good one. So there is a, a person, her name is, hopefully I'm pronouncing her, her name right. I think it is Nidhi Habar. Um, she's a former education lead at Apple and co-founder of EdTech Equality Project. And she says that oftentimes tech companies didn't really seem to understand the experience of black and brown students in the classroom. And I say that to say this, you know, our very first show, we were talking about algorithms and AI and bias in them. And if you really think about it, there's no reason to to think that, well, just because this is educational technology, that those same biases and algorithms and AI don't work there. One of the examples was um, um, a problem with racial bias. Some of the personalized learning software that was using voice assistant technology to measure students language comprehension and creation skills. And, you know, what, you know, Miss Habar said is if it wasn't trained on students with an accent, for example, or those who speak at home with a different dialect, 
It can very easily learn that certain students are wrong and other students are correct. And this can discourage students. So here's what I'm thinking is that, you know, and we said this on this on this show many, many times, just when it comes to African-Americans, most who are speaking English and only English. We are bilingual. We actually speak the Queen's English or we, we speak Midwestern English like most people do. Or if you're down south, you speak down south English. Uh, but most of the country is pretty much a Midwestern English type accent. But when you are around your people, we tend to move back into African-American vernacular. And or it used to be called a bonics. That's not what it is. A lot, you know, a long time ago, we used to call it slang. It's not that. But there's just a different cadence to the way that we speak. And if you aren't training your AI to pick up on that, if you aren't training your voice assistants to pick up on that, it can actually, you know, have an answer that was correct. If you understand how the child was actually saying, you know, speaking the, the, the information and say that that's incorrect. And that that alone can just discourage them from wanting to even use the technology in the first place. So really interesting uh, article here. Well, I was looking at it as a different angle and I don't know if she talked about this in the, she mentioned it briefly. Um, but I wanted to expand on it. She says, um, oftentimes tech companies didn't really seem to understand the experience of black and brown students in a classroom. When tech companies build products for schools, they either partner with schools that are in affluent, predominantly white suburban mm-hmm. areas or lean on the e- educational experience of their employees, she said. And this is the part I want to kind of take a little different um, direction. The rush to adopt tech during the pandemic has been problematic because school pr- procurement officers didn't always have time to properly vet school, vet tech's tools or have rigorous conversations with tech companies. That's kind of the thing I wanted to expand on a little bit different with a personal mm-hmm. story, right? Um, I live in an affluent white neighborhood, one of the nicest in the state, one of the best high schools in the state. Right. When my kids, when the pandemic hit, the school board or the school district adopted this new or developed or partner with this tech company to create this new way that the kids had to log in, get their information, you know, get their classwork interact with their teachers, things of that nature. Again, I mentioned we're in an affluent white area. It was a mess. <laughs> mm-hmm. The, they were the, the, the teachers were using a combination of this new tool with zoom, with Microsoft 365, with Google docs, <laughs> with email. And it was just a whole mess of stuff right now. Keep in mind, I'm in a affluent area and it was a train wreck imagine how it was in a underfunded underrepresented uh district to where the 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 school board didn't have the um finances or the time like she mentioned in this story they didn't have the ability to move this fast to adjust to the pandemic you know so now we have a bunch of kids who have this gap in their education because the schools did the best that they could, but didn't even have the access to actually vet this stuff and Mm. put it in place and roll it out to where it made sense. Because again, the affluent areas had a problem rolling this stuff out so fast. So it goes, it's back to the old thing that I always say, you know, 
uh, when white people catch a uh, cold, we catch pneumonia simply because not necessarily. And it could, in addition to, it could also be during the, the biases and, you know, how you train AI and how the people who develop AI, they didn't consult with everybody that this is supposed to be meant for. And as a result, there's going to be biases. There's going to be indiscrepancies. And as a result, minority underrepresented kids going to fail. In addition to that, actually having the resources in order to roll this out in a responsible way that's not going to set kids back is a whole nother issue, if not, in my opinion, probably uh, is paramount to the ability to make sure that these this new AI or whatever is is going to be non-biased, is, is going to make sure that black and brown kids have the experience according to their background. They can't even get it <laughs> to start with. Yeah. You know, <laughs> so as technology progresses, as schools progress, as teachers get smarter, as more technology rolls into the schools and they have time to sit with this to figure out if it works and figure out if there are biases and then how we're going to correct for those biases. You know, meanwhile, you got these kids over here that can't even get it, you know, yeah. so they're already getting set back even more. So I just wanted to put that in there, you know, as how, how I feel about ed tech. No, th- you th- know. That is a, that, that is a, that is a big part of it. I remember I have a, a good friend who is a high school principal. And one of the things that, you know, when the pandemic hit, what they were scrambling for, it was like, Oh, well, we're just going to send home Chromebooks with all the students and they'll be able to do that. And he's like, but what about the students who don't have home Internet? What do you do there? So it was like it was like it was not even what do you mean? It's like everybody has. Something. No, no, everybody does not have home Internet. We heard oh, the stories. We heard the stories of the kids going and sitting on the curb at the Taco Bell or the McDonald's where they were using their free Wi-Fi so they could get online in order to be able to do their assignments because they didn't have it at home. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so just thinking about things like that, you got to take those kind of things into a, an account. And that's not, that isn't really even a black thing or a white thing. That's just, do you have it or do you not have it thing? That is, that is more of a resources thing, but there are specifically some things here where, you know, just, you know, biases in these AIs come into play. Our, like I said, our very first show, this is what we started off talking about. So this article actually makes reference to things such as discrepancies in AI, how, how much less effective it is for black and brown women than it is for white men. Those kind of things. Um, when you didn't intend for it to be that way, it's just because of the data sets that you trained your data on. You didn't actually use diverse data sets. So th- there was a quote in here uh, in, in this story where the lady was saying that, and I'm paraphrasing, but she's basically saying that one of the things that a lot of ed tech companies will do is say, well, we didn't actually, uh, for privacy reasons, we didn't actually look at race when we were creating the software. And she flat out says that's a cop out. She's like, because if you can't actually keep people safe when you're actually looking at race, you probably shouldn't be looking at any of the things. It's like those things, you know, actually matter. So that's that's one of the issues. And like I said, the, the big example that she gave was like, yeah, if, if you basically have folks who are speaking a different language or a different dialect and you haven't trained your AI to pick up on those differences, then you're going to mark things that probably should be marked wrong, 
right and or actually things that should be marked right wrong when they actually were correct. And that causes all kinds of issues. So, and like I said, it was just, it was just one example, but it's just, it goes to show that there is a lot of stuff that you have to think about on just the way that people are different when it comes to, are you black? Are you brown? Are you white? Are you Asian? You know, those type of things. One of the other things that I was just thinking, you know, in in reading this is that the, the words diversity, equity, inclusion were used a lot in this article. And then I started to think about states like Florida to where, it's just different, man. It's, di- it's different down there than it is a lot of places. But what is it? I believe it's the, the new college. They just got rid of their diversity, equity, inclusion department at the university. They have c- completely gotten rid of the program. Mm-hmm. And I believe there were four people who were working in it. They have re- reassigned into openings other places in the university. But they have gotten rid of it. And when you hear some of the lawmakers who talk about, well, here's why we did it, we don't believe you should even recognize race. We don't believe that there's any difference between anyone. And it's like, that's not what DEI is trying to do. It's like, you know, we're not saying that, you know, that, that because you are black or because you are white, you're somehow different. We're saying that because you are black or because you are white, you basically have different experiences based off the way the world treats you. Those are two different things. And it is a nuanced conversation. But it's one the ones that needs to yeah, happen. Kind of nuance, man. So it's uh it's, it's interesting to me. You know, one of the things that this article is pointing out, you need to actually look at these things to make sure that you're being equitable to all of your students. And you have entire governments, uh, you know, a big portion of of our government here in the United States is like, nah, we don't even want to look at that anymore. We don't think we need that. We we think that's the problem. We think, you know, you know, we, we think that because we are actually making these distinctions based off of race or, you know, or class, that that's actually the problem in America. And if we just get rid of that and act like none of these things exist, then it's, it's all going to go away. And that, that's me editorializing on that last part of that paragraph. But that, that, that is a big part. And I was just, as I was reading this, I'm just wondering, like, how would this fly in Florida? How would this fly in Virginia? I don't think it would in the same way that it would in New York City, that it would in L.A., that it would in Chicago. So something that, you know, we have to think about. That's probably for another show at another time. So, my man, Terrence, we did not have a spotlight this week. We did four in a row for the four weeks in Black History Month. And we also didn't have any new patrons this week. Now, I still have to I, I want to shout out, uh, the, you know, new, our new patron last week just because her name is so cool. Captain Antonio. <laughs> that, that is just a dope name. If you were born before 79, <laughs> where you actually might be old enough to remember uh, some of the stuff that was uh, going back on, you know, back in the in the late 70s and, and early 80s. But, uh, you know, we didn't have anyone this week, but for anyone who would like to support the tech, John, you can head over to patreon.com forward slash the tech, John, that is the tech J A W N. And we have three tiers over there. Any one of which gets you access to our live stream and after party. Um, the top two tiers actually get you an ad free stream. So you can download the show and not hear any of the commercials that show up in it. So once again, the tech, John.com is our website. And then Patreon is patreon.com forward slash the tech, John. So, Terrence, go ahead and tell the folks how they can get at you. Yeah, you can find me all over the interwebs. Uh, not TikTok so much. <laughs> I just, I'm a lurker on TikTok. I haven't, no, I think I put up maybe one video. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, outside of TikTok, you can find me on the internets at Brother Tech, that's B R O T H A T E C H. 
And I am at Rob Dunwood on all the things. And we are at the Tech John on all the things. So until we meet again in a week's time. Peace. Peace. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.